Hey, this is Bradley Weber, and I'm super pumped that you're joining us today. If you're a part of our Release City family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you on our social media platforms at Release City Church or on our website at releasecitychurch.org. There, you can stay connected with what's happening within the ministry, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with other Release City family around the world. Now, I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you to run your race and become all that God is calling you to be. Now, let's jump into today's message. Come on, somebody say, my God is not dead. He is alive. Hallelujah. Somebody say, have you looked at the calendar, Pastor B? It's not Easter. No, it's not. But I think we should live every day of our life like it's Easter. Come on, somebody. He is risen indeed. He is, he is not dead. And if he's not dead, guess what? He, he didn't want us to do, live a dead life. I've I seen way too many Christians walking around looking like they sucked a, a, a persimmon sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Mmm. <laughs> Man, it's going to be good. It's going to be good today. How many came ready to receive from God this morning? I came pumped, ready, legitly stoked. Everybody say, say legitly. Legitly stoked. You know, something that has blown my mind for, for many, many years, and I think it'll continue because that's just who God is to me, is that the fact that the creator of heaven and earth The one who put the stars in their place. How many know that they have a respected place? They've not shifted. They're right where where God wanted them to be. Just like you and I, by the way. We are right where he wants us to be. Somebody say, I need need him to clarify. No, he he just did. You are where you're supposed to be. Here right now and through this week, our prayer should always be, God, where you lead me, I'll follow. Order my steps, O God. But the one that put the stars in place and the planets in motion that he chooses has the desire, deep desire, to get to know you and I. Like the the, the creator of the universe, you know, when there was nobody but Adam and Eve and, and the garden and there was God walking with Adam in the cool of the day. He desired to have a relationship with mankind and that 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 purpose has not changed today. He desires to get to know you and I in a personal and intimate Way everybody say intimacy. intimacy. I love this, and I heard it a long time ago, and and I'm going to use it again and again. But intimacy is when you say, "See into me." Amen. See, <laughs> see into me. God, see into me. Amen. Intimacy. It's not intimate if 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 I've got walls up. I could go somewhere with that, but I'll choose not to. I'll play it safe today because I know there's children in here. But there is no intimacy when there are walls. There are no intimacy when I'm hiding from my wife. Hello. You might think you're hiding from God, but he already sees into you. But there's something that happens. There's an exchange that happens when I, when I say, see into me. You see me. And the, what I want to tell you is he sees you how you are. All the dirt, all the jacked up, all that. He sees all that. He sees it in me. But he loves me anyway, and he loves you any. Wait, come on, somebody, are you thankful for it this morning? And the cool thing is he drew, he drew all of us here today. He drew you here. The Holy Spirit of God drew you into this place today. He drew all of us here so that we can learn about who he is, who his character is, and who he wants us to be in him. Amen? 
Amen. If you brought your Bibles this morning, let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians. These are not going to be on the screen today. I like doing it this way sometimes so that you're prepared to bring your word. Because if you're just thinking, well, they'll always be on the screen, let me tell you something. You should have this. I almost said memorized, but no, Pastor B doesn't either. But, but thy word have I hidden my heart. I hide this in my heart. I put it inside of me so that I won't sin. So that when things get tough, I'll be able to walk away from sin. But just but but not walk away from the fight. I, God God has God has He's He has given me all power to be able to run to the fight, not back up from the fight, but run to the fight. But when there's sin, the Bible says He will always give us a way of escape. <laughs> it's His word. Amen. Listen, there. I'm, I'm fixing to jump all all in this thing. Let's go. Second Corinthians chapter four, begin with verse fourteen. Says this. This was, this was the Apostle Paul uh, writing to the Corinthian church, and he's writing to us today over 2,000 years later. And this is what he said. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for, the, for your benefit. And, his, and as grace... Excuse me. As God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be a great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Let me stop right there. If you're wondering why we do this thing, if you're wondering why we show up, it's so that every week, it's so that God can do a work in us so that his grace can be given. I don't know about you, but I need more and more grace. It wasn't just a one-time dunk. Huh? I need his grace and I need his mercy every single day. So why do we do this? So that his grace can reach more and more people. There's empty seats in here today. Not many, but there are empty seats. And those seats are going to be filled with people who need his grace more and more and more. Sitting beside people who need his grace more and more and more. Let's keep on going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. All of this is for your benefit and God's grace re- that God's grace reaches more and more people and there will be a great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Verse 16, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, <laughs> our spirits are being renewed every day. Come on, somebody say every day. Every day I get older. Every day my body tells me I'm getting older. There are days that I sit on the floor and I help my wife put stuff together. That's not very often, but I do. I try to do that. And there's sometimes that I get up off the floor and my body's telling me you should have gotten up a little bit slower. How many many know what this position is right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. I love this. For our present troubles, how many got a set of them? Y'all got some of them? Our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Your troubles won't last, but his glory on your life will never stop, last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen for the things that we see now will soon be gone but the things we cannot see will last forever this is a powerful truth and i I, maybe this is for somebody today and you need to hear this the trouble that you're facing right now the trouble that you already know that is prepared for you to walk into on your job on monday 
Maybe because of a choice you made or maybe because of a choice that the company made. Listen, whatever the trouble is, whatever you're facing, it will not last forever. And some of you say, well, I don't have any troubles. (laughs) That too, my friend, (laughs) will not last forever. That's a quiet day. That's, that's, keep living, keep living. It will find you. And I rejoice. I rejoice because that just means I'm a, I'm a child. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian brat and I got some growing up to do and I got to go through this so God can whip me back into shape. Come on, somebody. Have you ever noticed how the Bible takes, uh, has this unique ability to take the things that we see in the natural eye and our circumstances and give us a different vantage point to see them the way that God sees them? Because we see the problem. I know, I feel it. I feel the pressure. I feel the pressure of life. But God wants us to see it from his vantage point. How many knows that when you're in the middle of a storm, it's easy to get disoriented. But if you can rise above the storm and look down, it's not as bad as you think it is. I want to speak to you today from this subject. I've been waiting all week long for this one. A disciplined mind. A disciplined mind mind. Now, we don't like the word discipline because it looks, sounds all too familiar like the word that we also don't like called accountability. Accountability is a concept that's in opposition and a direct violation to the culture that we are in, that's in our face and being forced on our nation even now. It's called lack of accountability and lack of a disciplined mind. I say what I feel, I feel what I do, and if you don't like it, there's the door. That's what they say. Listen, an undisciplined mind is a very dangerous mind. It might be just a little cold in here if we can turn that back just a little bit. Huh? (laughs) Pastor B never says that. I didn't say turn the heat on. (laughs) Not trying to fry the hell out of them, you know what I'm saying? I love you, Dad. <laughs> He's like, oh my gosh, they're in trouble. No, they're in good hands. Listen, a disciplined mind, a disciplined mind is not a popular message, but it's the one that the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit that we all needed to hear, even me. And I learned, because I learned a long time ago that leaders don't just tell people what to do. They teach them how to think. A good leader doesn't just get up here and tell you what to do and how to do it, but they tell you how to think. What's that old saying about fishing? Take a man to fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach him how to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. I know that's not exactly how it goes, but it's the truth. If I point out all the stuff you're doing wrong, and you should have done this, you should have done that, but if I don't teach you how to do it, how to train your mind, how to discipline your mind, your mind is under attack and your soul is up for grabs. This is something the Holy Spirit showed me this week and has been sharing with me that a crowded mind is the enemy of a fruitful life. A crowded mind. And that's what, the, that's what society is trying to do to us. Crowd our mind. I'm just telling you. I mean, we don't even have, we're like, do I even have time to breathe? Technology even has got us if you're connected to the Apple family. If you're Android, bless your heart. But if you're connected to the Apple family, just a little poom. I can't let you have it all just because they, they won by the skin of their teeth last night. FSU, yeah, I got it. He's an Android person. I tell him all the time, come on over to the Apple side. Anyway, y'all, I mean, y'all know it all started with an Apple, right? Okay, anyway, that's another message. In the garden, the Apple was there. But anyway, right there with 
Hey, hey, hey. Okay, wait, wait. see, I, I got to stop. The, I got to stop taking breaths because then y'all be like trying to help me preach. Let me preach. But the, our, our, my, my watch will tell me it knows when I'm getting, you know, a little crazy and it'll say it's time to breathe. Huh? It's time to breathe. Sometimes we need to remember to breathe, breathe him in and breathe him out and stop breathing in all the toxic stuff off social media. Breathe, breathe him in and breathe that crap out. Yeah, I said it. C-R-A-P. Crap. Listen, he, he, don't fix your focus on everything that you see going on around you, but instead fix your focus on the things that God is trying to do within you. What God is trying to change and do in you, inside of you. What, what is God wanting to speak to you today through his word? Listen, listen. We're going to find out. Everybody say discipline mind. Something that I'm learning and coming to understand is the fact that everyone in this room... And everyone you know operates at some level of faith. And I'll show you what I mean. Let me explain. Faith by definition is being sure of what we hope for and sure of what we do not see. And the reason I say everybody has a measure of faith and, and activates that is because everybody has a thought about tomorrow. Okay? Watch me now. Every one of us have a thought. You're going to go home tonight and you're going to pro program in your mind what you, what you have to do tomorrow. Some of you have to-do lists and you've already, going to all, you already have an idea or a concept of what you're going to face tomorrow. Everybody has an assumption of what tomorrow is going to be like. It was Henry Ford that said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Here's what he's saying. Your attitude or your mindset will determine your success or your failure. Your mindset. Your mind is a very powerful thing. Somebody says, well, I, I'm, just, I'm just a failure because. No, you're a failure because you may have listened to a lie from the enemy or maybe, maybe a family member who, who, who that's why it's, it's so important that we're, we're careful about what we speak to others and our children and those that are around us. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're a failure in some things. First of all, God doesn't see you as a failure, but maybe you're not hitting on all cylinders because you're believing the lie of somebody else who spoke a negative something that said you'll never amount to anything. Amen. How many times I heard people say, you, you've messed up too much. You, you've gone through divorce and you've, you've made some crazy choices and, and you don't deserve to be a pastor. Well, thank God you don't deserve to be on his throne with him. <laughs> Jesus, have mercy. Your attitude and your mindset will determine your success or failure. It was Pastor Craig Rochelle that said these words, your life is always moving in the direction of your most strongest thought. Amen. How tomorrow and this week is going to go depends on what you take in today. And we're trying to train and equip you and, 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 and position your mindset to a place where you succeed. You are not a failure in Jesus' name. You are not a failure in Jesus' name. You are not a failure in Jesus' name. I don't care what mama said, what daddy said. You are not a failure in Jesus' name because God doesn't make mistakes. So the question I'm asking today is this. How are you using your faith, your mindset, Thinking about tomorrow. You're, you're so sure of what tomorrow's going to be. You're so sure of how your spouse is going to react tomorrow. Well, you're right. You planted the seed. For some of you, your circumstances haven't changed because your mindset hasn't changed. 
Your circumstances haven't changed because your mindset hasn't changed. Let me say it again for the people in the back because I felt like it hit the back wall and came back this way. Your circumstances have not changed because your mindset towards those things have not changed. Your marriage has not changed, my friend, because your mindset towards your spouse has not changed. Your kids are still acting crazy and foolish because your mindset for them is positioned them to be that way. It's on you. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, I'm not going to force my kid to come to church. Train them in the way they should go. Because, listen, when they get a taste of the real thing, they're going to be saying, Mom and Daddy, we going to church. I'll never, there have been people, there have been kids, we've heard stories over the years of people who have, their kids have woken up and said, are we going to church today? Because, not because they didn't even come in here. They don't know what's going on, but it's because of what's going on back there. You keep telling yourself next year is probably going to be just like this year. Guess what? Thank God 2021 wasn't like 2020. It had, a, it had some similarities, but I was speaking, I was speaking life over, over situations, not death. Come on, somebody. You keep telling yourself your life isn't going to get better. Guess what? You're right. Your thoughts are powerful. There, I did some research that said neuroscientists, if I pronounce that correctly, have discovered that repetitive thoughts form neural pathways as neurons that fire together and get wired together. Thus, the more a particular thought or belief is activated and reinforced, the stronger those neural pathways become and the more automatically, everybody say automatically. The more you think about it, a thing, it will automatically become your go-to pattern. For some, our go-to pattern is Facebook, post, keyboard. When it should be my face in his book and don't look up until I get an answer. And guess what's going to happen the next time I fall in? Because that's, it's a pattern. It's going to happen. Next time something happens, I'm going to take my face, put it in the book, and I'm not going to look up until I get an answer. Amen. Some of y'all need to get your face in the book and not look up. See, even preparing messages, I get distracted because of my phone. I'm doing research because it's, it's quicker on my phone. But there, stuff will pop up. It's a distraction. What, what's Tom posting today? Even though, even though it's encouraging, my, my, my mind shifts and goes. And then 30 minutes go by and I'm going, I was supposed to be preparing a message. Why? Because I'm not disciplined my mind. My mind just wanders and does whatever it wants to do. Amen. And we wonder why the, the response and things that we're going through are, are just whatever, whatever. It's because my mindset was whatever, whatever. Every day. Every day. Arrest your thoughts every day. We become what we think about the most. What you do daily determines who you become permanently. Let me say it again. What you do daily determines what you become permanently. This morning I was walking through the kitchen and I was getting ready and I heard my, my, my dad's voice, Dennis Weber, said, I got a nugget for the people today. And so I walked over to the side of the refrigerator. Those of you that know, we, we now occupy and live in our family home. It was important that we kept that 
in the family, and um, we left a lot of things just like they were because I wasn't trying to wash away, you know, that's just how I deal, deal with it. And so I went to the side, and, and there's, a, there's a bunch of magnets on the side of the refrigerator that are Ohio State Buckeyes. Are you surprised? And holding one of those was a, or being held by one of those was this note in my dad's handwriting that said, you are only as good as you believe you are. You're only as good as you believe you are. That's a nugget straight from heaven today, from the side of the refrigerator where this will go back to. Because there are days that I need to know, you know what? You're only as good as you think you are. Stop believing the lie of the enemy that you're no good. You're washed up and can't be used. If you, don't, if you don't like the way you are, change the way you think. If you don't like your marriage, change the way you think. If you don't like your spouse, it's really not them. It's the way you see them. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, we've been married almost 20 years. I can't change her. It's not my responsibility to. So let me say that on the other side. It's not your responsibility to change me. Change the way you see me. I'm not preaching to her. I'm preaching to me. If you don't like your spouse, change the way you see them. Pray, God, may I see my spouse the way that you do so that I can serve my spouse the way. That, listen, if you've only got it one way, one service relationship in your marriage, it's not going to last. Amen. Or it may last, but it's not going to be it's not going to be comfortable. Amen. Too many self-serving Christians serve me, please me, do for me. Change your mindset and you'll change every, you can, change your mindset, you can change the world. Change your world. Come on, somebody, say change, change. Starts, starts with me. Yeah, let's say your name. Change starts with Bradley. I love that. Change starts with me. When you wake up tomorrow, maybe you hear Pastor B's words. Today can change, but it starts with me. We can all become something different. Listen, change is what Christianity is all about. I was dead in my sins, but now I'm being changed. Being changed. See, that's where we miss it because we, well, I'm not changed. No, you're not. Not completely. You still got flesh. As long as your spirit and your soul are occupying this, this is a hot mess. Come on, brother. Yes, it is. You're being changed. That's what Christianity is all about. When we, when we forsake and don't, no longer fill up this room or the next building, we stop change. Amen. You mean I can't change by myself? How's that working for you? Huh? Well, I don't need the church. You need the church more than you think you do. Your mind is the master manipulator. I just get Jesus on my own. You didn't find him on your own. He found you and he had some help. Amen. Mm, okay, let me keep moving. Oh, it's Thanksgiving. I want y'all to be thankful for your pastor. <laughs> listen, listen, this is, what, this is what I, listen, if you're going to thrive as a follower of Jesus, you're going to have to get power over your thoughts. If you're going to get power and if you're going to be able to have a beautiful marriage or, 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 or a home that is, that is peaceful, you've got to be able to arrest and capture and get power over your thoughts. Listen, the devil is not worried about who you are. He's scared of who you will become or could become. Amen. He's not scared that you're here today. 
He's scared of what you'll be tomorrow when you discipline your mind. I, all week long, I was like, this is not even a disciplined mind. No, no, no. Yeah, it's exactly what we need. So how do we do it? How do we do it? Oh, man, I'm doing great on time. How do we do it? How in the world do we do this? Because society will roll in the truck. Beep, beep, beep. I'm not going to knock it over, y'all. This is a new one. Beep. The, the society will lo- offload a truckload of all kinds of stuff for our minds. Amen. So how do we do it? Here it is. One word. Ready? Meditation. Yeah. Now, for all my yoga fans... When I say meditation, it's a word that we don't talk a lot about in church, but it's a word that is throughout Scripture. I'm not talking about, I can't do anymore, it's that old body. I'm not talking about, light a candle, lick a crystal. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about meditation. Somebody like, this kid will talk about anything. Well, y'all were thinking about it, I'm just going to talk about it. What? <laughs> right? Listen, what is meditation? Meditation, it's biblical, first of all, but this is what meditation you and I know as. Meditation is a practice where an individual uses a technique such as mindfulness or focusing the mind on a particular object, thought, or activity to train attention and awareness and train. Everybody say train. To train. You got to train your mind to stop looking at your problems and just know that, yes, I'm dealing with it. But it's not going to stay that way, and I'm going to train my mind. God, help me through this. Listen, it's a word that can be found throughout Scripture. What is biblical meditation? One theologian said, meditation is deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purpose of understanding application and prayer. Application, that means taking this message and applying it to your life. This is a great message. It's a great message. It's a message that you need, but it will do you no good if you don't apply it and work it out. I heard somebody else say that that meditation is a familiar relationship or a familiar walk with Jesus. Everybody say isolation and solitude. Okay. There's a big difference between isolation and solitude. We're talking about meditation, okay? Isolation is when you push the world away to be alone. How many do that? You you push everybody out to be alone. That's dangerous, first of all, okay? Solitude is when you leave the world behind to be alone with God. There's a difference between isolation and solitude. Solitude is a spiritual discipline that Jesus modeled for you and I throughout Scripture. Bottom line is, if you, don't fill, if you don't fill your mind with Scripture from God's Word, your mind will fill itself with anxiety, worries, temptation, resentments, and unwelcome memories. Hello, somebody. Unwelcome memories. Memories from your past. Memories when you were making jacked-up decisions. Memories when you were in the backseat with, yeah, you know who. They're called unwelcomed. You've got to train your mind, discipline your mind. A lot of the discipline starts with what you put in front of you. Amen. It's real hard to forget about who you was in the back seat with when you're watching somebody else get on the back seat. Huh. Why? Because cause, cause, cause it, it's those neurons. They're, they're, they're firing off. Come on. <laughs> Do I need to get explicit? <laughs> That's, and they, it will automatically take you back. Yes, it will. You start entertaining the devil. The devil put on a show. 
We must manage our minds, which is a new concept for all, all of us that requires a change in our thinking and transformation. That's, that's something we talk a lot about in the church. Trans, everybody say transformation. transformation. We talk a lot about transformation in church, but how does transformation happen? How do we, as Pastor B said a few moments ago, how do we, how do we get on this path of being changed? Does it come from going to church? Perhaps. Does it come from serving in the church? It could. Does it come from giving an offering? It could. Those are, these, are, these are great, but honestly, these are just responses and attributes from growth. So how does growth and transformation happen? Listen, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm teaching like a Bible school. I know this isn't, you know, I, I don't have a four-wheeler and all that stuff today, okay? So it's got to be your hunger for the Word of God that you take out of this place that's going to bring change for your tomorrow. Okay? So how does growth and transformation happen? Listen, the Bible is very clear that transformation is the result of a renewed mind. That's how transformation happens. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern. Everybody say pattern. The pattern, the pattern, the pattern. Everything you see on Facebook is a pattern. I had a conversation last night with Adam and Sarah and, and some particular young ladies walked into the restaurant we were at and conversation went in the direction of it's hard to find clothes for females these days that aren't mid-drift and, you know, halfway up to, you know. It's, what am I talking, it's a pattern. It's a pattern. And if you go back, if you're, if you're from the 80s, you'll recognize the pattern. Amen. Mom jeans and all that stuff. It's a pattern. The I'm not, there's nothing. Some, why are you telling us what we're supposed to do? Your pastor wears spots look like I've been cleaning the Clorox. I'm not talking about what you're wearing. Amen. I'm talking about the pattern. Amen. He's talking about that makeup and them. No, if the barn needs it, paint it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for such an awesome day. <laughs> hey, hey, you can have a jacked up car. This is just a little, just a little detailing joke for you. You can have a jacked up car. And this is completely dirty, living on a dirt road, looking nasty. But you can take some shine and put it on them tires, and you'll probably be looking good. Okay, let me keep on moving. Sorry, Mr. Paul. <laughs> He's like, he crazy. He crazy. I'll be looking for my UPS man. And my dogs let me know when he hits the neighborhood. I'm like, I'm ready for him. What's he got for Amy today? <laughs> okay. Um, huh? Huh? Lies? No. The lie is that you go on Amazon and never change the name of the requester. You leave it on me. So Mr. Paul thinks it's always me. And Ansley backed it up because the other Sunday we weren't here. She, he, she told him the, the, the secret. Okay, let me take all, let me just bring all of us back in. Let me just bring all of this right back in. Anybody got an extra bedroom tonight? I might, next couple nights. Everybody say renew our mind. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> renew my mind. <laughs> Listen, renewing your mind is, is, hear me, 
is when you bring your mind back to its an original state. When my phone acts crazy, it's been overloaded with too much. I've got too many applications. What do I do? A hard restart. And I take it back. Sometimes you've got to take it back to its original settings. And that's what a renewed mind is, is when you and I take our mind and take it back to the original, original settings. He said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then it goes on to say, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. When you renew your mind, because that's the hot question, what's God's purpose for my life? How do I know God's voice? How do I know his purpose when you renew your mind? It's hard to get a download when it's cloudy. The Apostle Paul tells us that you must go and renew your mind, replenish it, restore it back to its original state. Listen, the state and condition of our nation right now, it's because of an undisciplined mind. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. We've just been having our way for way too long, both sides of the aisle. Isaiah 26, 3 says this, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. I'm talking about a renewed mind. I'm talking about the hot mess that we live in called America right now. I don't even like to say it, but it's true. I'm not going to ignore it, but I just know that my God's still in control. Ain't nobody got power that he didn't give them, that God did not give them. Okay, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. A renewed mind is what helps me to keep going even when I'm struggling. Even when I want to give up, a renewed mind will keep you going. Sounds good, preaches real good, but it starts in your mind. Joshua 1.8 says this. Just write these down. I'm, I'm coming, coming close. Joshua 1.8 says, study this book of instruction continually meditate there's that word meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it psalm 63 6 this is what david the psalmist said i lie awake thinking of you meditating on you through the night there, there was a couple weeks ago it's 2 30 in the morning it was like clockwork no pun I woke up out of a dead sleep, and the first thing, I, this is how I am with God, and Dad's taught me to be this way. God, what, what, what do I need to be praying for right now? Who's in trouble? Because I don't just wake, not, not when I take Zequel. I don't wake up. But when he, it was literally two mornings back to back, 2.30 on the dot every morning, I woke up. God, what is it? It's because I'm renewing my mind. He said, I lie awake thinking of you. Psalms 119, 147, and 148 says, I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. I stay awake through the night thinking of the promise. Listen, when was the last time you just sat and meditated on God's promise for you? When was the last time? I know you're thinking, how do I do that? You have to do that. You have to find time. Over the past, um, since last year, since the, 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 my parent, both my parent, our parents passed away, I have been taking time, intentionally taking time, and have heard the voice of the enemy telling me, you got stuff to be doing. No, I had to tell myself, I, I, that'll get done. But I got to take care of me. Some of y'all need to take care of you. Some of y'all can't be the husband or the spouse, the wife that God has called you to be because you're frantic and you're running and because your mind is not disciplined. Discipline your mind. Take time for you. 
And say it proudly to your spouse. I'm taking time for me today. I'm following what Pastor B said. It, it's, it's healthy. I'm trying to help some people. Because this world is just... You ever stood at the ocean and it just, just keeps coming? And when, the, when there's a storm coming in, just, you can't even get your back. That's how life feels. Hot news flash. It's not going to get any better. Amen. The Bible says it's going to get worse before. It... But what I know is I got to discipline my mind. This may be my reality, but God is with me. He is for me. He's walking through it with me. And sometimes you just got to just, just go off track for a minute. Just. Just, you got to have these moments. Am I talking to anybody today? I'm purposely just sitting here. Some of y'all don't even know what this looks like. Like, what are you doing, B? It's because you hadn't done it in a while. Breathe him in and breathe him out. I got to move because some of y'all fall asleep. But it's true. Take time to allow. You know, I'm not saying meditation. I got to be in my word and I got I to put on a podcast. That's noise too. That's good. But sometimes you just need. Why is Pastor B taking these trips? Why, is he, why, is he, why didn't he stay home when it's the anniversary of his of his of his dad. Why did he go to Ohio? Because I needed. Because if I'd have stayed here, I'd have, it'd have just been. Blah, 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 blah. I only use myself as an example, not to talk about all my trips. Stop tripping and take a trip. I love the quietness. Man, I spent most of my, most of my teenage years and in, in my introduction to adulthood just fast-paced, man. And I thought I was managing it, but it was managing me. What am I saying? Manage your mind or your mind and thoughts will manage you. Manage your mind and your thoughts or your thoughts and mind will manage you. Listen, I've watched pastors. I've, I've seen pastors get burned out in ministry because they didn't retreat from ministry. That's what Jesus did. He would leave the multitude. I'm not going to go there, but it's Matthew 14, 13. He, 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 he went away quiet. What's stopping you and I from participating in the faith habit of med- meditation? See, if somebody just turned into Facebook Live, they'd be like, this church is weird. They're talking about meditation. No, it's all throughout Scripture. And for time's sake, I'm just going to keep moving a little bit. But listen, what is stopping you from meditating? I heard someone say one time, hurry is not the devil. It is the devil. Excuse me. Hurry is not of the devil. It is the devil. Hurry is not of the devil, it is the devil. We spend more of our life in a hurry. Listen, and I said this the other day with the, with the, with the four-wheeler, something like this, but if the devil can keep you busy in the flesh, he'll keep you lazy in the spirit. He may not get you to sin, but he'll get you to hurry. Hurry. 
and go nowhere fast. He'll, he'll get you busy in the world, so busy in the world that we become lazy in the kingdom. Busy making money, but lazy storing up treasure in heaven. Busy making a name for ourselves, but pretty lazy making the name of Jesus famous. Single people trying to find a spouse. Busy, 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 busy. Tender, 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 tender. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. But lazy getting to know their Savior. Busy working on the job, but very lazy when it comes to serving in God's house. Busy chasing a career, lazy about the calling, about their calling. Listen, if the devil can keep you busy in the flesh, he's going, he, it will automatically create laziness in, in, your, in your spirit. In closing, two things that America, that we are addicted to in America, bigger, faster. Bigger house, bigger bank account, faster car. Oh my gosh, McDonald's is too slow. It's fast food, but it's still too slow. Don't nobody do it like Chick-fil-A. God's chicken. You ever been to a friend's house? Just be honest. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But ever been to a friend's house? As a young adult? And their house was nicer than yours? And you went home going, how come I don't have that house? It's called comparison. Comparison is a thief of what God has blessed you with now. We're happy with our lives until we start comparing it to someone else's. We We buy into the lie that bigger is better. But we fail to realize that when things get bigger, it's just more to carry. And we said that today for those of you that were in our prayer time. Our circle of people, we meet in here 45 minutes before you guys get here to pray for you, your home, your family, the service, that you'll hear a word from God. And our circle has gotten big. Started with just a handful of people. And the Holy Spirit impressed us to to try to form a circle within what we have and we literally went all the way around this room and the Holy Spirit told me to tell them that is growing because that the makers down the road they getting ready to grow but we're wanting all this stuff but if you don't have the integrity and character to support the blessing it will crush you if we don't have the character and the anointing to carry this ministry at the foundation level as he brings the building. It don't matter how pretty the building looks. It will crush us if our foundation is not secure. So stop asking, God, how come, I, how come they haven't? How come? Because he's working on the foundation. You're asking him for the wrong things. Well, God, I'll just... I paid a whole church off. I can win that lottery. I know. I understand. And I appreciate that. <laughs> but we're asking for the wrong thing. And if that's, if lotto's your thing, I'm not, I'm not, it's not me knocking on that. I'm just saying we're asking for the wrong thing. You're asking the right person. You're just asking for the wrong, the wrong element. We're going to stop here for today. Adam, get ready. Get ready. He's, Adam's going to give you guys instructions on that.
What's the word for you today? Here it is. Slow down. Write it down. I'll stop. Slow down. Slow down. Maybe, maybe, maybe the word for you today was arrest your thoughts. Take your thoughts captive. Maybe it's finding a place of solitude. Maybe it's identifying the things that are preventing you from getting silent. Identify those things. How do we grow? This is part one. We'll talk about part two. How do we grow? We grow in a place of silence and solitude. Remember this, and I'll leave you with these words as Adam's coming. You are only as good as you believe you are. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media or head over to our website at releasecitychurch.org and click on the giving link and help us to continue to share the message of Jesus and his hope with the world. God bless you. Have an awesome week.